This is section eight of the thirty thousand dollar bequest and other stories by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The thirty thousand dollar bequest by Mark Twain, chapter eight. During three days, the couple walked upon air with their heads in the clouds. They were but vaguely conscious of their surroundings. They saw all things dimly as through a veil. They were steeped in dreams. Often they did not hear when they were spoken to. They often did not understand when they heard. They answered confusedly, or at random. Sally sold molasses by weight, sugar by the yard, and furnished soap when asked for candles. And Alec put the cat in the wash and fed milk to the soiled linen. Everybody was stunned and amazed, and went about muttering, "'What can be the matter with the Fosters?' Three days. Then came events. Things had taken a happy turn, and for forty-eight hours Alec's imaginary corner had been booming. Up, up, still up. Cost point was passed. Still up, and up, and up. Five points above cost, then ten, fifteen, twenty. Twenty points cold profit on the vast venture, now, and Alec's imaginary brokers were shouting frantically by imaginary long distance, sell, sell, for heaven's sake, sell. She broke the splendid news to Sally, and he, too, said, sell, sell, oh, don't make a blunder now, you own the earth, sell, sell. But she set her iron will and lashed it amidships and said she would hold on for five points more if she died for it. It was a fatal resolve. The very next day came the historic crash, the record crash, the devastating crash, when the bottom fell out of Wall Street, and the whole body of gilt-edged stocks dropped ninety-five points in five hours, and the multimillionaire was seen begging his bread in the Bowery. Alec sternly held her grip and put up as long as she could, but at last there came a call which she was powerless to meet, and her imaginary brokers sold her out. Then, and not till then, the man in her was vanished, and the woman in her resumed sway. She put her arms about her husband's neck and wept, saying, I am to blame. Do not forgive me. I cannot bear it. We are paupers. Paupers, and I am so miserable. The weddings will never come off. All that is past. We could not even buy the dentist now. A bitter reproach was on Sally's tongue. I begged you to sell, but you— He did not say it. He had not the heart to add a hurt to that broken and repentant spirit. A nobler thought came to him, and he said, Bear up, my Alec. All is not lost. You really never invested a penny of my uncle's bequest, but only its unmaterialized future. What we have lost was only the incremented harvest from that future by your incomparable financial judgment and sagacity. Cheer up! Banish these griefs. We still have the thirty thousand untouched, and with the experience which you have acquired, think what you will be able to do with it in a couple of years. The marriages are not off, they are only postponed. These were blessed words. Alec saw how true they were, and their influence was electric. Her tears ceased to flow, and her great spirit rose to its full stature again. 
with flashing eye and grateful heart and with hand uplifted in pledge and prophecy she said now and here i proclaim but she was interrupted by a visitor it was the editor and proprietor of the sagamore he had happened into lakeside to pay a duty call upon an obscure grandmother of his who was nearing the end of her pilgrimage and with the idea of combining business with grief he had looked up the fosters who had been so absorbed in other things for the past four years that they neglected to pay up their subscription six dollars due no visitor could have been more welcome he would know all about uncle tilbury and what his chances might be getting to be cemetery words they could of course ask no questions for that would squelch the bequest but they could nibble around on the edge of the subject and hope for results the scheme did not work the obtuse editor did not know he was being nibbled at but at last chance accomplished what art had failed in in illustration of something under discussion which required the help of metaphor the editor said land it's as tough as tilbury foster as we say it was sudden and it made the fosters jump the editor noticed and said apologetically no harm intended i assure you it's just a saying just a joke you know nothing of it relation of yours sally crowded his burning eagerness down and answered with all the indifference he could assume i well not that i know of but we've heard of him the editor was thankful and resumed his composure sally added is he is he well is he well why bless you he's in sheol these five years the fosters were trembling with grief though it felt like joy sally said noncommittally and tentatively ah well such is life and none can escape not even the rich are spared the editor laughed if you are including tilbury said he it don't apply he hadn't a cent the town had to bury him the fosters sat petrified for two minutes petrified and cold then white-faced and weak-voiced sally asked is it true do you know it to be true well i should say i was one of the executors he hadn't anything to leave but a wheelbarrow and he left that to me it hadn't any wheel and wasn't any good still it was something and so to square up i scribbled off a sort of a little obituarial send-off for him but it got crowded out the fosters were not listening their cup was full it could contain no more they sat with bowed heads dead to all things but the ache at their hearts an hour later still they sat there bowed motionless silent the visitor long ago gone they unaware then they stirred and lifted their heads wearily and gazed at each other wistfully dreamily dazed then presently began to twaddle to each other in a wandering and childish way at intervals they lapsed into silences leaving a sentence unfinished seemingly either unaware of it or losing their way sometimes when they woke out of these silences they had a dim and transient consciousness that something had happened to their minds then with a dumb and yearning solicitude they would softly caress each other's hands in mutual compassion and support as if they would say i am near you i will not forsake you we will bear it together 
somewhere there is release and forgetfulness somewhere there is a grave and peace be patient it will not be long they lived yet two years in mental night always brooding steeped in vague regrets and melancholy dreams never speaking then release came to both on the same day toward the end the darkness lifted from sally's ruined mind for a moment and he said vast wealth acquired by sudden and unwholesome means is a snare it did us no good transient were its feverish pleasures yet for its sake we threw away our sweet and simple and happy life let others take warning by us he lay silent a while with closed eyes then as the chill of death crept upward toward his heart and consciousness was fading from his brain he muttered money had brought him misery and he took his revenge upon us who had done him no harm he had his desire with base and cunning calculation he left us but thirty thousand knowing we would try to increase it and ruin our life and break our hearts without added expense he could have left us far above desire of increase far above the temptation to speculate and a kinder soul would have done it but in him was no generous spirit no pity no end of chapter eight and end of the thirty thousand dollar bequest